Welcome to the UTX podcast, where we bring you a utopia created by technology, presented by your Techniacs. I'm Ani. And I'm Bob. And today, the utopia that we bring you is in fact that shocking. It's the ultimate one. We decided that we give it its own episode. So, you know that from our last video that we created a map, a map of emerging technologies, where we, based on all the previous 20 episodes, we took a summarized version of all the applications and challenges to create the ultimate vision of how these emerging technologies are going to change our lives in the next 50 years, roughly. So, based on our previous 20 episodes, we looked at all the emerging technologies that we think are going to change the world fundamentally in the next 50 years. And we collected all the various applications of different technologies, as well as their challenges, to create a sort of ultimate map, a map of emerging technologies that we call the MET. Exactly. And the MET is what we presented in our last episode, 21. You can find the link to our Prezi, to our presentation about that in the description below. And you will also find later on a link to a PowerPoint version or two. Let's say something that we, we hope to go viral, some representation of that map on one page. What we are planning to do with that in the future is we are planning to conduct interviews with experts in a sense that they are actively working on these emerging technologies to thrive and on the so-called utopian Earth, our vision for Earth in the next 50 years to, to come true. And these might be entrepreneurs, but they're also investors, technology advocates, scientists, researchers. Really stay tuned for that. We will update you on progress on that. Now, let's dive into the ultimate utopian day in the life of the Techniacs. So, here we are on our ultimate utopian day on what we now call Utopian Earth and now every person is a Techniacs. So, how does the morning begin? I am well rested after a great night of sleep and some epigenetic anti-aging therapy that was applied onto me. So I feel actually much younger now as I wake up this morning. Also because the wearables that I have on my wrist, they are measuring my health data and show me exactly what I should have for breakfast. Exactly, and not only that, they're connected with the 5G IoT in my house. Uh, to the point where my bedroom is at the adequate temperature and it's slowly uh, raising the temperature as well as the light to naturally wake me up at the perfect time when my sleep cycle ends. So really, you couldn't sleep better. We even gained some time by becoming younger overnight. So it's time for some breakfast. So I got some breakfast according to my nutrigenetic nutrition and, and this plan is prepared by my robo chef uh, in the smart fridge and uh, it orders exclusively um, products that were uh, farmed through vertical farming um, and the meat that I consume was lab-grown meat. Now I don't eat meat that often but when I do it is lab-grown so really my environmental benefit given that they use clean energies is almost negative. Amazing. <laughs> and now my drone delivery arrives so the drone lands there and the robot comes out of the drone and delivers me my filaments as well as partially lab-grown smart materials that I need for my 4D printer. 
So the way that these are delivered is based on fully autonomous supply chains, sort of in a decentralized autonomous organization style structure. And we have some authenticated provenance going on there so I can track whatever material I need to I need to know their origin of or their quality or how it's been stored based on uh, something simple like scanning a QR code. So yeah, I heard some um, exciting news. Um, and so I decided to check uh, the, the news on my phone, but um, since I wanted to know a bit more, my PCI automatically detected that I was more interested in this, and so it turned my phone into a different device. Of course, it's a multifunctional electronic device built by nanorobots, so it really adapts itself to every situation. And I wouldn't call it a tablet, but it's somewhere in between there, and oddly enough, I find it to be the ideal size to read the news and uh, so the the external BCI that I'm using is actually implanted in my glasses and it can read and write neuronal activity with ultra high resolution externally comprehensively and without any delay um, it's I mean crazy crazy upset <laughs> for this device it is almost like too simple to just give me the news but it does in this case and what I'm reading about is there is some neuromedical treatment going on. Researchers have found previously unknown mental conditions within humans which caused them to be sad, uh, especially at work. And they didn't know what it was, like they assumed it's just because they're working, but they actually liked their work, but they found out that there was some, uh, some chemical release based on some mental process, and they fixed that uh, using neurostimulation. And I also heard there was this uh, super fast German virus eradication that they, they achieved through mRNA vaccines and combining that with DNA nanotechnology inside the human body. So, um, I mean, diseases are something that you really have to go and find in a museum or a book in the library. Uh, I mean, cancer, back when they invented mRNA cancer treatment, no one talks about cancer unless it's for some history projects. Damn, and we're not even have reached the full potential of genetics. If we talk about the genetic scissors, if we talk about CRISPR, we're using it for drug development and disease eradication, essentially by cutting out a piece of the of the gene of the of the of the germ, or by placing specific genes into a drug, specific genes that have favorable properties for those drugs to work. And even more so, we are bringing back animals that were extinct. So there were some baby dinosaurs going on uh, that we've developed today, um, as was mentioned in the news. They were previously extinct, but now based on genetic, synth genetic synthesis, they are being back. Exactly, I and mean, we're, th we're talking mammoths, dodo birds, all kinds of species, even some that, like uh, certain uh, rhinoceroses that, are, that have died out due to human activity, we have been able to bring back, so at least we have some good karma on us. But uh, now it's time to go to work. Um, I bring my kid to school, of course in, in an autonomous vehicle, and I almost forgot a smart, a smart pen, but uh, thank God I got notified by my domestic robot who delivered it and somehow arrived to school before I was even there. I, I don't know how that's even possible. But uh, today was the day that I received some important results from her. Yes, so there was a personality and career assessment based also on the wishes of my kid. 
And what they found out is that my kid um, should become an astronaut, so that's the perfect career for her. Which is good because it's a really a growing industry, as you'll see later. There's a lot of space news going on. Um, what they're learning in school right now is they're learning about quantum mechanics and they're doing so by um, immersing themselves in quantum simulation and this immersion process is much easier uh, based on the fact that they are wearing virtual reality devices, virtual reality headset, so it feels as if they were quantum, as if, as if they were electrons themselves. Wow, that is amazing. So I drop her off, I, I, I'm a bit jealous that I don't get to have these VR simulations anymore, but uh, I could I could go to the nearest VR store and, and go through it myself, but I decided to get to work now. Um, I could drive myself, but the way the car is programmed is that the insurance, there's kind of a behavioral insurance that triggers automatically with the smart contracts and start micropayments once I take over. Uh, that is, if I'm not giving my car level 5 driving automation, I also have to pay premiums, so I just let it drive. It's easier, faster, and I get to watch some, some of my favorite uh, YouTube videos in the morning on my way, maybe even an old UTX episode, who knows. Um, and yeah, I noticed something interesting about the journey of the way there. Absolutely. Um, as I'm consuming my VR content, I'm at some point leaving the car and decide to go to a scooter. All of this is pre-planned based on my mobility as a service journey that has been pre-planned in my app. Uh, in this case, my BCI connected it with the app, so I essentially just thought how the journey should be. I just thought about my preferences and then the AI uh, automatically decided which is the best journey for me to optimize for what in this case is having a great experience. So I have a little bit more time and so I optimize for a great experience. And after the scooter ride, I just enter a robot taxi. I go into a VTOL, a vertical takeoff and lifting uh, device, and it takes me all the way to where my startup is. So yeah, speaking of my startup, uh, my startup is actually, we're a team and we're building drug discovery AI, and this applies uh, federated learning, a somewhat old concept, but it applies it to medical research data, so we've really been able to push forward in this field in quite a short amount of time. And we are relying on the newest infrastructure. We have super fast biocomputers that rely on the properties of DNA to do computing. Super fast and also high storage petabytes in just one gram of DNA. Also, we are relying on edge computing, which gives us reduced latency based on near source networking capabilities. We have secured quantum encryption, so all of the data is secured. Uh, all of this personal data um, that is being used is very secured, if we even touch it based on the federated learning algorithm that you said. And we also have super fast quantum networks, super fast internet, and our computers are also um, are also featured with quantum computing, so super fast. But the, the, I think my favorite part about the fact that we're using biocomputers is that because they're biodegradable, after a year, when the newest model comes out, I can just chuck mine into the garden and let it become compost. Great. No more wasted resources. Yeah, exactly. So um, we also um, process orders and customer care, um, and we automate them based on RPA 2.0, which is RPA combined with AI. So very 
Very high tech, but very easy to use. Amazing. Very effective. Amazing. So the RPA uh, learned how to conduct a certain, how to work with a certain order, which was an email, then how to enter it in the order system, how to then release the order, how to interact with the customer, and then also how to take decisions uh, based on based on the based on the AI. So amazing. We still have some medical professionals working in the lab. The way we train them is using virtual reality devices, and they learn everything as if they were doing it by themselves already from the start which really drastically reduces the time for them to learn these activities. Exactly, I, I even uh, we, we made sure that we provided them with new 3D printed hearts that were synthetic but felt very much like the original so that we could have heart transplant surgeons practice on real life cases without endangering any lives and just becoming better. So. That's a great way that we're, we're pushing forward in that field. We're also working together with a personal AI assistant. And um, this, this one actually works, uh, we work on creative presentations. And the AI throws in a few GANs that's, um, what, what, that's generative adversarial network. Exactly. And uh, they also have variational autoencoders. So all types of deep learning aspects that the AI is just throwing in there and the presentations are, are really wild. I mean, it's something else entirely. Absolutely. And in this case, I'm preparing a presentation for our investor. And apart from using AI for the creative process, I'm also using it to extract knowledge from current news articles and research. So I'm basically loading this to my brain computer interface memory. Uh, instead of just loading it somewhere on the computer, I just load it internally, I store it into myself, so to speak. And my BCI device, my brain computer interface, is self-powered because it relies on neuronal energy because scientists have found another way how to use the electric current of that neural energy to power the device. So no external power source needed. That is amazing. And. Uh because our startup has caught quite some attention on social media over the last few months, we've even started a crowdfunded utility token sale uh, that was on a digital asset exchange for, for fans of the company. So that was pretty fun to, to engage with the people and how they appreciated what we do in the medical space. So. Amazing. Yeah. And this is it. That, that was... Uh, no, sorry. It, it's not. We're, we're just at lunch now. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> it's, it's just lunchtime now. And my colleague... Uh, that I'm having lunch with talks about the uh, extreme experience at the weekend. He was doing the extreme climb. Very. I, I wonder how that feels like. Well, he he didn't have to tell me because I just connected to his experience with my BCI from brain computer interface. So it was fault to fault communication. He, I could just replay his memory. So you got the entire the view, the adrenaline, all the pumps and kicks and enjoyment of climbing by just Absolutely. standing and talking. Or Absolutely. It, it does not just play it in front of me, but also simulates the actual experience by simulating, not, not simulating, by <laughs> issuing the neuronal processes that are associated with the experience. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, neurons activated to simulate something in my brain, I wanted to have some desert, but my BCI was like, hey, don't go for it. So instead, it simulated the experience of a chocolate lava cake uh, right into my mind. So to me, I was eating one of the best, my, my favorite dish right in front of me without gaining a single calorie. I was actually burning calories because I was thinking so intensively about it. So I never thought that I could enjoy chocolate cake and burn calories at the same time. Yeah. 
amazing to bring those two together and because of that I also feel fit I, I really feel active and lively so I want to take a walk inside the park I do so and I enjoy the digital earth experience that is installed there basically everywhere in the world where I can connect the physical with the digital so I can just go to any place I for instance can visit a plant and my BCI actually is going to display in front of me some information about how that plant grows and when it will ripen and, and all of that nice stuff and all of this while my phone charges based on body temperature so based on the energy that I'm creating while walking my phone is being charged and not even that the remaining uh, energy makes me money so when all those organizations uh, when you hear them say we're gonna spend some money for you being active in the park in this case it's actually happening so my money uh, my energy makes me money on the smart grid because it's being fed via wireless transfer into the smart grid well so much and we've barely finished lunch so on my way home, uh, on my way back to work actually, I was uh, reading about um, a new kind of uh, think tank called the More or Less, the More 3S, which stands for the Multi-Agent Reinforcement Learning Strategy Simulation Society. And wow. they basically go through political and social uh, different strategies to optimize diplomacy with other countries to create not just a win-win situation, but the biggest win, biggest win situation for everyone. So this is one of the exciting areas that not many people thought that something like computer science could help diplomacy. That's crazy. Awesome, awesome, great. And what's also in the news is how our energy mix has changed throughout the years. Right now as it stands, apart from wind and solar, which is still the big thing, we also have a lot of geothermal energy and anti-solar panels. So the and the energy that is radiated from Earth back into the atmosphere, we capture that as well. So no energy stone is left unturned. This also means that there's no real energy that is being trapped in, say, uh, carbon molecules and it's yeah. uh, creating climate change. So we've also been able to do that. But speaking of climate change, they also managed to uh, clean up the great Pacific garbage island the, the island of, of trash that was there for decades. The one that is three times the size of France? Exactly, that one. Oh, and uh, in, with robotic swarms, you won't believe it, they got it done in less than a week. Wow, amazing. So now I have some leisure time in the afternoon because after all we don't have to work all day. Why would we? We can be productive in way less than that. And my AI decides for me how much money I have to spend because I outsourced it outsource my spending and budgeting to it. I have no problems whatsoever for my personal finances because all of this is determined based on my AI, which does not just optimize for my finances, but based on my personal preferences and my personality, how I should spend my money, which rather is how I should generate and use value, so to speak. So money is really connected to value here. Exactly, and, the, and that the AI doesn't just think in terms of you, but it also Ways the benefits of your spending to society. Wow. So it looks at what's the best move for me and my collective environment. So Insane. that's that's what really takes us to the next level. It's crazy, and um, I, I decided that um, there's a new program where they're developing new exoskeletons that lets you do crazy moves. So I decided to sign up. And they, I learned that they even give you some money because they're testing and the usage data that they can now process with federated learning, meaning that they don't have access 
to my data and they don't know who I am, but they can sort of train their algorithm on my data. Well, it means that they get all the benefits, I get paid, but none is the wiser regarding data. Awesome. So our economy works like that, that you pay for the algorithms and they pay for your data, which is just a great symbiosis. Exactly. And the way that I get paid here for my usage data is based on automated CBDC payments, so central bank digital currency, official means of payment, just basically on tech authentication, all of this is settled automatically and instantly. Exactly. So while I'm blown away, uh, I just make it home um, and I realize my uh, my 4D printer is done with my personalized self-assembling hiking shoes. And the great thing about them is not that I can print them at home with zero side effects on the environment. It's that it's a smart shoe. It adapts to every step. If I get a blister, it solves the problem while I'm hiking. I, 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 I recently heard that someone went on a hike for eight hours. He had blisters on his feet, but he said he didn't feel a thing. Amazing. His shoes just adapted. Good stuff. Crazy. Good stuff. Now it's some time for entertainment, and tonight I'm going to a robotic sword fight event. So what I'm doing here is, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm authenticating myself to join the event based on BCI, or based on my brain identification device, or based on my brain computer interface that does the brain. Uh, identification and then I just hop into an exoskeleton that uh, does the respective moves for me and simulates the experience of me being into that sword fight and I can do crazy moves that it wouldn't be possible to do by myself but the exoskeleton performs them for me and the skill in the game is really to imagine those moves and to have a better imagination than my my friends, my, my opponents have. So I'm really not limited by my physical capabilities but only by my imagination and my mental capabilities. Exactly and we're talking about not just your imagination but your imagination enhanced by a BCI that has instant access yeah, to all absolutely. the information yeah. that ever has existed. So later um, after I'm done with that I get home because uh, 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 I'm having a kind of home party but of course I live in a smart home in a smart city so when I came home um, not only was everything already cooked, all 3D printing, uh, all th uh, 3D printed personalized meal for all my friends was ready, but we also had 4D gaming events set up with other teams, with other house parties from across the world. And um, one of my friends even mentioned that there was a, a virus outbreak, something pretty bad, but it was contained within four hours. It, it didn't take a year. Not bad. Four hours. Not, Not bad. bad. <laughs> Well, um, I, I'm still watching the news before going to bed because after all I don't feel that, that tired. And they have a, sp a special space section today. And they are talking about the latest advancements in space colonization. So we have definitely colonized Mars and we're also uh, colonizing various other planets at the moment within our solar system. There are not that many that are suitable, but also interstellar. So outside of our solar system, we are creating habitats and especially biospheres there to make them livable. And the way that we explore these is not always by sending astronauts, but we have really uh, long-range um, drones that are uh, using using uh, the abundant energy that is available in space to propel forward. And the way that we travel to other solar systems, even to other galaxies, is uh, is wormholes. So that has been apparently, and they've worked on it for quite a while by combining uh, a lot of brain power from all over the world. 
to create the first wormhole that you can produce on command to go anywhere in the universe that you want to in a matter of minutes so uh, we we or even now it seems they're looking for aliens to see where our uh, whether there are where our brother our distant brothers and sisters are and what they're up to so maybe we'll find the uh, where Oumuamua came from after all amazing so yeah. so these wormholes they are really um the bend, bending of space-time, bending of the four-dimensional space-time in space that allow us to have shortcuts in space to get, to get from one place to the other. And talking about getting from one place to the other and talking about the energy in space, there is an abundance of energy in space, an abundance of materials that we are using additional to our energy mix in, in geothermal and in anti-solar, we are also using solar power, space-based solar power. So if you install a huge satellite park in space that are, is growing every year, not too much because we don't want to overcrowd it, that gives us all the power that we additionally need. And it's then being sent wirelessly over microwave links to the, to the transceiver station on, on Earth. And we're also doing asteroid mining where we find all kinds of resources just a small asteroid by itself contains more gold than anything that we could ever find on Earth. So lots of these materials, they're not really rare metals anymore or rare materials because we have so many of them. And what's more, we can also print necessary goods in space by relying on basic materials and then having them self-assembly. So in a 4D printing process, smart materials that we build self-assembly, for instance, homes or also uh, vehicles that we need to, to, to move on, on other planets, they're just building by themselves. Exactly, and that gives us the advantage that we don't need to know what environment we're going into, but the collective AIs that are boarded onto it reach a democratic decision and assemble the perfect vehicle for that specific environment. So irrespective of whether it's a thick swamp, maybe it's a gaseous planet, we're ready for everything. Amazing. And uh, it seems that they're also hinting towards working on a Dyson sphere, so we're really moving up the scale of civilizations according to Kardashev. So maybe we can harness the power of entire stars, we can move around our solar system to different areas so there's a lot of interesting things going on and uh, interestingly, and this one is, is really uh, probably my favorite news of the day which sounds crazy given all the news that we've heard but with quantum mechanics we have been able to not only understand what happiness is but we've also been able to get a peek into what is consciousness Amazing, so we are able to decode it now and to also simulate it to find it where it doesn't uh, well. You can just activate spirituality and true happiness also switch so definitely we can see here that technology increases our living standard and uh, yes, that's fair to our benefit exactly yeah it's i mean this sounds really crazy but if you've watched any of our episodes you'll know that it's not that far outreached it's within our grasp if we just get it together and tackle these challenges as one collective, such a day would be perhaps even a normal or boring day for some kid here in the future. So we're definitely very excited as to where technology takes us. But not only that, we're also interesting, uh, interested now in how can we get there, right? We know how this ultimate utopian day looks like, and we all know how it looks like today. We're 
pandemics take more than a year to really get into control of. So the question is how do we get there? And um, again, we built a, a map where we summarize all of these technologies into the 10 sectors of life, as well as looking at what challenges do we have to address so that we can go from where we are today to this ultimate utopian day in life. Absolutely. To make you a little bit more excited about this, none of these technologies are ones that we imagine, but they all exist or they are being imagined by someone being worked on. And you'll find this for all of the more than 120 emerging technologies that are in our map. And you see also a lot of challenges there. We've identified the core challenges and we really want to use that map then also to do interviews with people that work on creating this utopian future, that work on emerging technologies. Ask them about additional applications, but more so ask them about how these issues can be solved in the, in the future. And to, to round this up, like what I recently read is the quote that 90% uh, of all scientists in the history of the world are alive today. So we have, it's not just true for scientists, but for so many resources that we need to develop these technologies further. So the potential that we have today is magnified compared to yesterday, and tomorrow it will be magnified even further compared to today. So if this doesn't get you excited, what will? Exactly. I, it probably is the greatest time to be alive. Um, we will definitely be able to accomplish great things. But exactly, so we're, we're really looking forward to doing many interviews with some of these game-changing people. If you want to learn more about these emerging technologies as well as their challenges, check out the link in the description below where you'll find the map of emerging technologies as well as a PowerPoint version that you can share with your friends. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to write us on Twitter or on Instagram. And as always, Stay utopian, your tech